Cold Weather Bats, what's up? This is Brandon Justice coming to you to talk about Great Lakes Bat Company. As you guys know, the show is sponsored by Great Lakes Bat Company, and you can buy a hat on their website at greatlakesbatco.com. Upon that, you can do tons of other things too. You got a team, organization, whatever it is, they got you covered. Whether it's uniforms, custom bats, custom fitting for bats, custom fungos, custom wood bats, trainers, you name it, they got it. GreatLakesBatCo.com. Welcome into episode 27 of Cold Weather Bats. This is Brandon Justice, joined by always Brian Skowski, along with some special guests today. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we get there, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cold Weather Bats. It's been a state, cha- state championship weekend, best weekend of the year. Everything uh, has kind of come to a close here as far as high school baseball seasons go. Teams are wrapping up their banquets, and summer ball is a full go. And I'm sure we'll touch on that a bit. But before we do, Brian, how you doing? Well, as a state champion, Brandon, um, I'm, do- I'm doing well. Uh, but before we jump into all that, I figure we might as well not bury the lead. This is going to be the final cold weather bats for a little while. Um, and by a little while, I mean like, like a month. Like we're not going anywhere permanently. Uh, Brandon's currently coming to you surrounded by his team and coaches in a hotel room in Georgia. Uh, I'm in Cleveland for the time being. I will be leaving in a couple days for Hoover, and then I'll be on the road until who knows. So more or less, we're going to take the month of July off is kind of what we're looking at. Uh, We're still going to be active on social media. We are going to put together our own all-state teams. Um, We are going to obviously finalize a final Super 25, put that out. It's just Brandon and I can probably find a couple hours each in the next few weeks to do cold weather bat stuff. It's just very unlikely that we'd find the same couple hours in a week to do cold weather bat stuff. Uh, So we're just going to put the the actual podcast itself on a back burner. We're going to stay active on social media. We'll come back. We'll have a bunch of stories from the road and summer ball stuff when we do come back. But for now, we are going to close up shop for a little bit of of time. We're going to recap the state finals. Uh, We're going to talk shit to each other for a little while. We're going to meet Brandon's friends. And uh, you're going to meet my girlfriend, Marissa. And that's kind of going to be the show. We're going to kind of just take it easy on this one. Uh, Brandon, as a man who won uh, who won something last week, and it wasn't a state title, but you did win a thing. Uh, how's summer ball going? Well, uh, speaking of summer ball, it's been uh, it was a good start. We went five and zero last weekend at the uh, round robin out in Saginaw. Uh, we got to see Division One Arm and Tanner Sontag, so it was good to see some some high competition there. Uh, it was an exciting game. Won that championship four to two. Uh, really big weekend from a, from a few guys, especially, and correct me if I'm wrong, to everyone in the room who's listening right now. Uh, Demar and Owens had a really good weekend, so I think he's a guy that's going to have a really good summer. Drew Hill continued to stay hot. He had seven RBIs and pitched a good championship game. Um, but, you know, on the converse, the guys who weren't there, like Matt Green, who's in the room right now, won a state championship, and then Ryan McKay won a state championship. So there was, uh, there was still some high school success for us uh, from a summer perspective. And then uh, won that, and two days later, practice, and now we're down in Georgia. So 
you start to hit the grind and it's kind of just like on repeat. You breathe on Monday and Tuesday and then you play Wednesday through Sunday for the most part. Um, or at least you get into town on Wednesday and then play Thursday through Sunday. So we are down in Georgia right now for a big tournament and it's a national championship tournament. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, we've got a lot of big plans for it, um, but, you know, we're not a. Uh, we're not St. Mary's, so I'm not going to make any guarantees here. Speaking of which, Brian, <laughs> you won a state championship. Go ahead and no one made enjoy any the fruits of your labor. No one made any guarantees. No, um, I didn't, but you you could have, I think. Um, I, I happen to think that I was very steadfast in my— Oh, you absolutely uh, were. I you know, been. games are played on the field. Um, but shit, man, yeah, that was pretty fun, wasn't it? Now that we can sit here and talk about it on the other side of it. Um I would take that team against any team in the country this year. I, I don't know if we'd necessarily like win a seven-game series against every other team in the country, but I think we'd win a couple. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that that's, I, you know, I don't know. I think that might have been the best team of all time in the state of Michigan. I, I know you and I talked about that a little bit when we first started this damn thing. Um Catholic Central likes to talk about how good Catholic Central was in 2000 or whatever that was. Uh, not even, yeah, like, let's roll. I wish we could do that. I wish we could play that game. Um, but shit, man, it was fun. Like, good to see the guys close strong. I, a bunch of underclassmen played well, as as you guys are all aware of. Uh, Minnie McKay was really good in the playoffs, as he was all season. Um you know, Porter and Allman were incredible. We didn't really need much offense because Porter and Allman were so good. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. We'll talk about D2 at large in a little bit. But it's fun, man. I, it's feels good. I, you know, the last time a, a team in D2 won a state title that wasn't St. Mary's was three years ago. So, like, that feels good. Um, but, shit, I, you know, it was a fun weekend for everybody. I, we had some upsets. We had some uh, expected outcomes. We had good games. We had bad games. We had... Uh, expected performers performing and maybe not so expected performers performing, but it was, I, you know, from my perspective, it was as, as awesome as it potentially could have been as far as a state final weekend. Yes, and we'll dive into D1 in a sec. Before we do that, I want to make sure I introduce who's in the room I, if they want to make any audible comments throughout this show. Uh, we've got Matt Green from Liggett. Go ahead and say hi, Matt. How's it going, guys? It's a great start. Hudson Davenport from Richmond. What's going on? And then uh, Coach Tyler Hill, former Gross Point North Norseman. Not a, not a coach, but all right. <laughs> One of those coaches who doesn't like to be called coach. So uh, we'll dive into Deep One, which I, D1 was probably the most surprising, I would say. Uh, Grand Blank making waste of everyone they faced for the most part there, and that was final two games. Um, so you, I don't know, were you at one of those games? But uh, we watched it live uh, on the uh, which which network was that NFHS network, which was a pretty good broadcast of the game. And uh, you know there was a, a lot of controversy with with Grant Blank's energy, quote unquote, and all that. Uh, so it was cool to um, watch all that unfold, and then you know you see them win, and then uh, you know the elephant in the room here is Brian. That was your state championship pick before the season, and they had this like superior incline to start the year and then they kind of hit like a middle ground and then they really declined before this playoffs and the playoffs came and they were just red hot so good call on your point yeah my dumb ass should have stuck with them I, I mean you know we made picks beyond that like i picked grand blank to win the state title uh, in march and then didn't when presented with the opportunity twice more 
you know, at the start of the playoffs and then before the, the final four. Uh, so that's on me. Like my apologies to the Grand Blank community. I actually, weirdly enough, um, I don't know if this is super weird or not, but I, my father lives in Flushing and I was on my way to see him on Sunday for Father's Day. And as I was driving, I rolled by the Grand Blank baseball field. Like they're, you know, it's five minutes off the highway off I-75 headed north. And as I was driving, I was like, shit, let's do it. Um, so drove by a state title winning uh, baseball facility just because I did. I don't know, man. Um, I Like I, I wish I could have seen like the send off or when they came back because it looks like a pretty cool environment from the videos and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I should have stuck with them. I, you know, that's kind of the, the fucking uh, that was kind of the uh, the summation of my point there is like a really good team who I knew was really good a long time ago. Why didn't I just continue believing they were really good? I, period. So my apologies. <laughs> oh god. What so? What did you think about the uh, about the whole controversy behind all the? You know, I know you kind of mentioned it there, but what was your what's your thoughts on on how they played the game? I guess was kind of like the, the issue that some people took and some people didn't take and all that. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, so my opinion on that is that, like, coaches and administrators and umpires and, like, whatever are not the people who should decide how the game is played. Like, the players should decide how the game is played. And, like, I, so I don't, like, I think me personally, Brian Sikowski, like, not the arbiter of what's okay in baseball and what is not okay in baseball, I think that there's a line between, like, you know, being pumped up and excited and expressing that and like being just a dick and taunting. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Grand Blank like went over that line, but I do think they, they probably got pretty close to it. Uh, but again, I'm not the one who gets to decide what the line is. Like my opinion doesn't f-ing matter. I, again, with the swearing, I apologize, James. Um, my opinion doesn't matter at all. It's so I, <laughs> how do players play the game of baseball now? Like that, that's kind of, I don't care what, what coach Riker thinks. Like, I don't care what the MHSAA thinks. I don't care what the umpires said. I don't care what the grounds crew person from MSU said about it. Like, I don't care what, whatever prep sports reporter commented on it said, like if the players, play that way and like everyone agrees that that's how we're going to play and and you know you're going to be dicks on each side and that's cool like then i don't care i really don't at all i, I just i don't know if you know like <laughs> like old people commenting on how young people do things <laughs> do things is like not a new thing like old man yells at cloud like i get that but i i just i don't know my opinion is that it shouldn't be our opinion to have yeah i think that's fair i don't think it should be our opinion to have i think that Every team has its reasons, and so long as it isn't completely malicious, I don't think there's much that we can say about it, and I don't think anything that they were doing was really malicious. No, I don't either. Like, I, you want to bat flip a home run, like, you want to bat flip a home run to the moon, great, but then you're not allowed to be pissed when the, the dude does it on the other side. Like, that's kind of where it is. It's not hitting a guy because he showed you up. Like, that's just being a child. Uh, it's not, you know, like, the old what is it unwritten rules and like enforcement of major league baseball's unwritten rules like that's all shit like no stop it you don't have to drill a dude because he bat flip just like cheer for your guy who bat flips in the bottom half like that's that's just my thought on it but you know i don't know so in division one just to recap uh you know grand blank played a game against brother rice where 
A lot of people had picked Rice to win that game. Brand Blank kind of ran through him. David Lally was on the mound, and Rice didn't really anything didn't really get anything together against him the entire day. And then Portage Central went on to beat Midland Dow and face Grand Blake in the final. And then again, a lot of people were all over picking Portage Central, including both of us. Uh, and then Grand Blake ran through them as well. And there was a pretty sweat-free, sweat-free final four, all things considered, uh, for the Bobcats. So Division One was won by Grand Blake pretty, pretty easily. Uh, and then we move on to Division Two. And I will let you handle your side of things here from the semifinal and finals perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw all three games. So, I, you know, I, we, we beat New Boston here on uh, in the semifinal on Friday. That's a really good team. Uh, they kind of held us in check for, I think it was like five innings. We were up two to one or one, to, whatever the hell it was. It was a close game for a while. And then we got three in the final inning or something. But um a good team full of guys who like can play defense and run and, and catch the baseball when it's hit to them and throw it across and their pitchers through strikes. Good team. Uh, one, five to one. Watched Lakeshore beat Gladwin. Um, Lakeshore was just kind of, you know, in a different world than Gladwin was in terms of uh, talent. And uh, Lakeshore just kind of ran through them a little bit. And then that set up, you know, St. Mary's and Lakeshore in a rematch of 2018. Uh, the, the final four where Lakeshore won. Um, yeah, and it was a good game, man. Like, again, I think the stat was each starting pitcher uh, retired nine of the first ten he faced or something. So going into the, the fourth inning, it was zero to zero. Uh, and then the first pitch at the bottom of the fourth, Mooney hit a ball like 360 feet pole side that went foul. But, you know, first pitch of the inning, and he absolutely dicked on a ball. And it was kind of like a, a like a, oh, okay, all right, we're good. You know, like, all right. We, we are, right, you know, uh, and then it went pretty quick after that. It was like, I don't remember the exact order, but it was like walk, steal, single, walk, double, double for nothing, uh, including Ryan McKay uh, with one of those doubles um, in one of his favorite spots in the ballpark, which is down the right field line. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it was just it was good, man. I, Almond and Porter were so good that we didn't have to score a lot. Uh, we scored enough uh, and. I don't know. I thought it was a great way to, to end the careers of the seniors, the guys who, some of whom were on the team in 19, but maybe didn't contribute a lot, like Tommy Allman, uh, who won the state final game, some of whom were not on the team in 2019, at, like Jake Keezer this year, uh, some of whom were huge contributors on that team, like Mooney was. Uh, and it's so it was cool to see those guys go out on top. And, and I am optimistic looking towards next year as well, as you might be aware. <laughs> So as far as who you guys lose from that team and who you guys keep around, who are some of the key returners for folks to look out for next year? Um, well, we lose Mooney, uh, and obviously that's a huge loss, regardless of what you have behind him. We lose a good bit of our pitching staff in um, Allman, Essig, and Kieser are all gone, and obviously Colson Titus is off to West Point. Oh, shit, he might have already left. Uh, he had to go quick. Um, off to West Point. But other than that, it's the, that 22 class of guys uh, is back. That's, you know, Porter, Schubert, Irish, Crichton, Dresselhouse, uh, Kieran Cahey, Brandon Skrubsky, like that whole class of dudes is, is all back. And in one class, um, you like, 
Yeah, you know, you like the 23s, and McKay and Oliver and, and Ryan Mooney are all back, and uh, the strides that a guy like Jamie Henderson took this year on the JV, that'll pay dividends next year. And, and you know, you're bringing back Porter and you're bringing back the middle of the order. So, you know, it's that's a good place to start. Uh, we're going to need some pitching depth to step up. We're going to need some of those guys to develop. Um, the guys who pitched this year will need to be able to step forward to take bigger roles. But I, you know, I, I think we'll, I think we'll be able to score uh, if we even if we have to wait for the pitching to catch up a little bit. We should be able to score right away. Yeah, and I think uh, what we learned this year from a South perspective is that if we're going to schedule a game against St. Mary's, we should probably pick a different field because playing it at South is like putting. It's like putting men on a softball field, to be quite honest. So maybe maybe put the game elsewhere next year. Lesson learned. Uh, so we've moving on to Division Three. We got a couple D three guys in the room, so I'll, I'll let them kind of tell their stories. Hudson's will probably be a little bit tougher to spit out than Matt, so I'll let Hudson start and get the tough part over with. So Richmond lost in the semifinal to St. Francis, but all the same, had a really nice run this year and had a really good season. So talk a little bit about what you guys did in the playoffs leading up to the semis and then what happened in that semifinal game. Oh, yeah, we started off hot. District's tough game. The district final game against Elginac. We lost two of them before in the league. But then we got them. I think it was like eight to five, really high energy game. Started off going good and then just kept going. And then regionals, we played, I think, Hemlock. Got through them pretty good, played really well. And then we played New, I think, New Lamphere, something like that. Is that who it was? Lamphere. Lamphere, I think, yeah. yeah. And we ran through them pretty good. And then we knew St. Francis was going to be good. We knew they had a good pitcher. And um, I think we lost five to four. We had like a lot, many opportunities to score. We just, we had bases loaded, no outs, the right guys up, just couldn't get the timely hits. Pitching was good. You know, we just couldn't score when we needed to. And that's pretty much what what, made, what happened. But other than that, it was really fun. You know, wish could play, could have played Liggett in the finals. It would have been really fun to play Matt and a bunch of other kids. But, you know, it was a fun year. And I mean, next year we got a lot of kids returning. So hopefully we'll be back there. So on the other side of things, we've got Matt Green here, and Liggett was able to capture that Division Three state championship, and they had been, you know, Brian and I had been talking about it from the jump, that Liggett was going to be that favorite in Division Three, but, you know, teams like Edison and teams like Richmond, and there were some, you know, like Blissfield in Division Three were all going to be teams that uh, would compete there, and Liggett kind of had, a, you know, a lot of people thought Liggett had a, a swift road to the playoffs or into the final. They actually had to face Edison, Blissfield, and then, you know, inevitably, the team who knocked out Richmond, who was the you know one of the three best teams we thought that would compete in Division Three, so uh, they had to get battle tested into that final, um, but they ran through those tests for the most part. Um, so we'll let Matt dive into what Liggett was able to accomplish this year, and then uh, especially in the state final. Yeah, so throughout the playoff run, we actually had a pretty tough road. Um, we played a lot of good teams like Brandon, Set, Edison, Blissfield. Uh, we were projected to play, you know, Richmond in the championship, but ended up playing San Francis. Um, but That's tough. That's <laughs> another tough. Two, uh, another good team we also played in the semifinal was Buchanan. Uh, they were a lot better than we, you know, expected, and they were probably one of the best Division three teams we played all year. Um, they had, uh, you know, a pitcher up to 90 uh, going for them that game. A lefty that was really good on the mound. Uh, 
fortunately, we had a really good first inning. Uh, we put up a few runs, and then we had Kurt Barr on the mound who, you know, threw a gem the entire game, and uh, he's been that guy for us. So uh, we've gone to him in those situations, and, uh, you know, he's really uh, covered for us in those big games. And uh, he threw a shutout game. We ended up winning 2-0. We went on to, a, to uh, the championship game, played St. Francis, put up a lot of runs. Uh, all hitters, one through nine, had really successful uh, days that day, and uh, you know we ended up mercing them twelve to zero in the fifth inning um, and taking home state championship. So it was it was a really fun run. Uh, I know Dan Semini was really happy. Uh, the fans were getting hyped in the stands. So yeah, it was a good way to go out for this year. And we have a lot of young um, kids, so we'll be back um, in full swing next year as well. And uh, Matt decided to humbly omit the fact that he tied the state record for the most RBIs in the MHSAA state final with five. So no big deal. That's not a small number. Five is a lot of runs. Yeah. We're hoping that we're hoping that translates to the summer. Selfishly. Yeah. We're selfishly hoping please, that translates to the summer. <laughs> well, hey, listen, we'll know who to blame if if you know Matt or, or Minnie or, or Fredo or whoever had a really big spring has a bad summer. Uh, you know, Hudson, whoever it is, we will know who to blame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can uh good thing Cole Weather Bats is taking the month off if that happens because uh, <laughs> I don't want to be the one to answer to that. But don't worry, I, I'll, I'll have to answer it to somebody, but not to the cold weather bats world. Thank God. You know who you can blame, Drew Hill. Drew for Hill his struggles. If he struggles, yeah. Drew Hill. Okay. Well, he had a seven RBI opening weekend, so hopefully, so far, so good. So far, so good in the Drew Hill world. He can hit after a twelve bomb opening high school campaign or whatever it was, without playing the first twelve games. Yeah, yeah. The the dude who only hit home runs. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. The home runs are good. And then in Division Four, I was another shocker. Uh, you know, we've there's some familiarity with Cardinal Mooney in the room. Tyler Hill and I know him pretty well. Coach Mike Rice, um, and you played them. Yeah. And Matt played Cardinal Mooney, so there's some familiarity with them, and they were the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite in Division Four. I think there were not a lot of people uh, picking Hackett to win that division. Um, but we had talked about it all year, Brian, and especially in that Final Four, if anybody was going to make a difference in that game, it was going to be Stephen Quapis. And, you know, he had a, a couple hits in that game. I think he had three hits in that game. And I don't know if he led the way or anything, but I know for a fact that, that, that he contributed in a big way and as he had all season. And Hackett made it pretty easy. I mean, all things considered, was every state final like a very wide margin of a score? I think so, right? Like, it was... 12 yeah, mostly. In, yeah, 12-0 yeah, in D3, you guys ran through, and Grand Blank ran through, and then Hackett won 9-2. So, uh, But, yeah, Hackett Catholic Prep went on to win Division Four, uh, cruised on by. So I don't know if you got a chance to watch that one, but I, I watched the highlights on um, on Twitter and all that, and it looked like Hackett just kind of got ahead early and, and, and skated through. Um, so, uh, of course... Cardinal Mooney, very successful season. That program is going to be back. They're very young, um, but all hats off to Hackett for a pretty phenomenal run there and to capture the state title. So you and I, before the Final Four started, also picked projected Final Four MVPs. Um, we should probably just hand those out. I would right? say so, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. what you. So do you want to run through like who we picked first? 
yes, let me do a little how the sausage is made moment and go to our Twitter. So in Division One, we each picked Porter Central and we each picked Zach McDonald. Looking back on it, <laughs> Porter Central didn't win. Grand Blank did. And the MVP would probably be... What are we thinking here, Coach? I mean, it's probably someone... I, I'm not just probably. Definitely somebody from Grand Blank, right? Um, I, You know, and if we're going, we're going Final Four MVP, like... Lally threw well in, in the first game, and then I know he hit a double in, in the second game or, or something like that. Um, but, you know, like they got contributions from a bunch of different guys. You know, Molesky was really good for them. Uh, Fidelino had a really good semifinal game. I think he was quieter in, in the, the final. Um, Helms did well with the bat and with the arm. You know, he, he won, pitched and won the state final game. Uh, so, like, I, you know, you're probably, probably ending, up, ending up giving it. You probably what? I'd probably lean Helms. I mean, he he's also the guy who beat North. He was a big. I mean, not that that is involved, but as far as Final Four goes, him or Lally, I think is safe to say. But not to mention the left fielder for them. His name escapes me, but he was number six on the Sports Center top ten that day. So that was pretty sweet. I mean, I don't know if that. Yeah, Ma- is Maxwell? I think his name is. I could be wrong. I apologize if I'm not wrong. Not that that's going to win you the CWB um, MVP for one play, but you know. Yeah, I think you could. I think you could do the freshman Fidelino. I, I mean, he had like six hits in the two games. Um, a lot of Helms, ways you could go with Grambling. Yeah, Helms and Lally each won games and contributed with the bat. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I guess I'll probably shit. I'll probably go with Lally. Uh, middle of the order won the state semi. Uh, pitched well, you know has power like I, I i'll go with the i'll go with lally I, I don't know if that's a cop out or not i think every i think there's a lot of people who have claim to that but i'll go with lally uh division two we'll get a little closer to home for you with the eaglets mm-hmm. and you had schubert and i had Minnie mckay i'll let you decide hey both of them hit both of them hit two rbi doubles in the state final so like i, I don't think we missed there um but shit man i you know <laughs> Porter throws the complete game domination. Tommy Tommy Allman is complete game domination. Uh, it's hard not to pick one of the pitchers there. Um, you know, I, we got good offense, but it wasn't like explosive with people hitting tanks or anything like that. Um, so I'm going to go with Tommy Allman. I started and won the state championship game as a senior in, you know, the biggest start of his career uh, to date. So and, and he performed extremely well. So I will go with Tommy. In Division Three, uh, I had Ben Hitzelberger from Richmond. Sorry, Matt. Not sorry, Hudson. And then uh, you had Liggett, and you picked Kurt Barr. Uh, tough. It's got. I mean, this has nothing to do with Matt Green being two feet from me in the room. He had five RBIs, so it's got to be him or Barr. But Barr in the two nothing game against uh, Buchanan. I mean, that's that changed the whole game. I mean, that's the entire reason they got there. I'd say so. It's hard to not pick him, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably agree with Barr because they're not in the state final without him. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, he went com- complete game, 10 strikeouts, three base runners against Buchanan. You know, like, I I, I will stick with Barr. You can change yours if you want. Like, I'm not going to No, I think, yeah, I think I just, we're all in yeah. agreement here. I think we're all in agreement here. On the I mean, that dude shoves. Like, you know, we got Matt Green sitting right there. Like, he can talk more about it. But that dude shoves. He just doesn't get beat. It's a it's a fun watch. 
Yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> like I said before, he was, you know, he was mainly our go-to guy for every big game we played. I know uh, the only game he struggled with uh, was the first game of the season, <clears throat> you know, or the second game, sorry, against, you know, a year of St. Mary's team. Uh, but from there, he uh, he did not give up a lot of runs. I mean, <clears throat> I think his ERA was under one throughout mm-hmm. the season. He uh, came up in clutch situations when we needed him. And, uh, you know, he, he's just a guy we just kind of picked up from Canada. He uh, he just started going to Liggett during March, so we were kind of lucky to get him on the team. They've been, uh, they've been living in Gross Point. Um, or they lived in Gross Point up until um, Kurt went to high school. Um, but after that, uh, they moved to Canada. He came back. Um, he was able to throw, throw for us, so we got lucky with that. And uh, he's been lights off for us all year. So. And it's a heck of a one-two punch, like him and Jack Jones atop that rotation. Like, that's really good. Yeah. And you're going to get them both back, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Jones is only a sophomore. Or he was yep. only a sophomore last year, so... Uh, he has two more years to go, so we're looking forward to that. He's a, a lot of time to develop as well, so um, it's going to be good. Brandon, I think that once we get on the other side of D4 here, I think we we have to pull the room, and this includes Tyler. Um, you know, like, for the bats, who was the grossest arm you faced? And for the arms, who was the toughest out? I, I'd be interested to hear Tyler, too, as well, even though he's old as shit. Um, and it's no longer in high school. Take it easy, bud. Yeah, you don't have gray hair like Brandon or anything. All right, but yeah. all right. All right. Uh, yeah. well, don't, don't, <laughs> hey, don't worry. We were walking back from the airport, and Huddy was, was chirping Brandon about his gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> was Brandon chirping Huddy for his home run output? No, he just uh, oh. no. It was pretty. It was pretty unwarranted, to be honest with you. If he has a hat on, oh, it's clear. You can see it. <laughs> It's so bad when I. It's so bad when I have a hat on, and you think it would. Like, you think it wouldn't be bad when I have a hat on, but like it just pops. It out. just yeah. No, it highlights without it. Without yeah. my hat on, I have so much hair that's not gray on top of my head, but all of my hair on that's gray is on the sides. So when I have a hat on, it's like okay, his only hair is gray, and then I take it off, and they're like, oh okay, he's not forty. Cool, cool, Congrats. awesome, yeah. great. So I'm just gonna start wearing hats to interviews in the future so that I can blend in because anywhere else I go, I look like I'm 12 in comparison to all the people around me. So I can probably step up to the plate this weekend and, and not get questioned on it as long as I'm not wearing a hat. But if I put a hat on, they're like, all right, senior citizen, or the early bird special stopped being served at 11. <laughs> uh, well, shit. All right, man. D4, um, obviously Hackett wins. They roll through Marlette and Cardinal Mooney. Um I mean, I you gotta look at this Shea, dude. Their ace, right? Like he starts the game against Marlette. Uh, you know, they hang seven in the first, so he only pitches the one inning. It comes out so that he can start the next day. Uh, he kept under his pitch count and then wins the state final game. Uh, you know, I, he didn't doesn't have like overwhelmingly dominant stats, but over the course of two games, he went like six innings and gave up you know one run, two runs. Uh, so it, hard for me to not go with that. You know, Quap had a good weekend, but I, I think that Shea, that was that was pretty loud. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, Quap gave me a phone call that night. I was like, hello? He's like, Brandon. I was like, what's up? And he's like, I'm here with all the seniors. Just wanted to say thank you for doubting us all year. We love the show, though, but thank you for all that. It really helped us. And I was like, ain't no problem, Quap. Hey, shouts out to Hackett. 
if if it takes us hating, then for you guys to win, like we're willing to take those bullets for you guys. Um, we will swallow our pride any day of the week. <laughs> Congratulations, absolutely. Well, let's get um, let's get to that poll. Um, yeah. so we'll, we'll hit this poll and we'll probably wrap up and uh, do our little tearful shed goodbye before we return later in the summer. Um, so say we'll goodbye. Say, it's just see you later. It's just see yeah. you later. It's like yeah. it's like a reunion episode. This is like the season finale. This is li- like it's kind of quite. It's the mid season finale. Yeah, like we'll be right back. All right, uh, we'll start with Matt on this poll. You can go ahead and ask him the question. Oh, we got more friends joining us. All right, Kyle Remington's in here. Guys, we're recording Cold Weather Best, so you're in a very legendary moment right now. Uh, So we got Kyle Remington, JJ Mannion, and then the GOAT himself, Pat Remington. So stacked house right now. So they can get on this poll. This poll is getting getting way better. Uh, so we'll start with Matt. Brian, go ahead and rephrase the question because I yeah. it's a great one, but I don't I don't remember what you said. Remy's going to have to answer two because he's one of those two ways. Um, but Matt, high school baseball this year, you had a great season as a bat. Who was the toughest arm you faced and why, I guess is the question. Um, <clears throat> either probably Brock Porter or Nick Good. Uh, I mean, Brock Porter, he obviously brought a lot of velo. It's easily the most velo we've seen all year. Um, he played us at Liggett. Fortunately, we put up. We were able to put up two runs on him. Um, but I mean, Nick Good on the other hand, he's a lefty thrown hard, going to Bowling Green. Uh, he uh, mixes up his pitches really well, so he was a really tough pitcher as well. So I don't know either one. I was there for that. Uh, I wasn't there for the first Liggett St. Mary's game. I was there for the second one, and. What stands out about that was Joey Randazzo making the most incredible play I've ever seen in my entire life. The first play of the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's early in the morning. No one really wants to be there yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was shocked. That was an incredible play. But shit, who we got next, Brando? Hudson. Hudson, same question, man. You did both. Who was your best? Uh, who was the toughest arm you faced? And uh, who was the toughest out when you were pitching? Um, the toughest pitcher I faced this year was probably Tommy Shapansky from Garber to mm-hmm. Michigan. He was he was really good. He came in and closed for them. We had like a little tournament. He came in. He was throwing 92-93 and his slider's nasty and he, he was on point that game. He was throwing really good. That was definitely probably the the best pitcher I faced or yeah. And then hardest out was probably Logan Hugo from that school too. He was okay. really good. He was he was hitting the ball really good that game. Um, he was in the ball hard everywhere, and he was he was hitting everything. Falling off, I think he fouled off like seven pitches at bat. It was just really good at bat. But yeah, for sure those two they they were hard. Brando, take it. Yeah, go ahead and speak up. Like I man. got oh, so I got to watch uh, <laughs> Nick Good throw a lot, and truthfully, I don't think there is a better lefty in Michigan this year. I mean, he hit. I'd have a hard time disagreeing with you. Yeah. I mean, hit ninety in the in the district final. Unfortunately, had some arm soreness, which kind of limited him the rest of the way. But like, he was dominant from start one to the finish. So, I'd probably say him. Who was uh? So take us to like your high school career, however long ago that was. Oh God. So I graduated in eighteen. Oh, God, that was like three years ago. <laughs> hey, Brent, you tell me to close the yearbook, but you're the one who graduated in, like, 
1947 over there, and <laughs> you still you'll still give me shit for North versus South. So. Well, I'm sorry, I get a paycheck for coaching a team there. My bad. Anyway, oh, go so ahead. Anyway, go ahead. Tell us about 2018. <laughs> yeah, why do you think he coaches summer ball? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, my senior year, uh, we were we were okay. I mean, we didn't make it as far as the team did this year from Gross Point North. Uh, well, truthfully, we lost to South in the first district game, so that kind of hurt. But the year before, we did beat them, and then we, well, when Liggett was up in D1, and they made the semifinals, we lost to them. But my senior year, I hurt my back the week before districts, and then I went out and threw and gave up a six spot in the third inning in South, so that felt really good after. <laughs> Hell yeah. you love to see that. Yep. Yep. So you want to answer, who was the best arm? What, that I played against? Yeah. Or best bat, yeah, whatever. Best, best bat was probably uh, Luke Stevenson from Algonac, who plays mm-hmm. Xavier now. Notably in the portal. I will mention the entire Northville lineup from back then when they made the semifinals two years in a row. Was that when they had uh, the kid who kicked at Michigan, Moody? Yep. That team was super good. Threw we a, I threw a fastball directly down the middle. And they called it a ball, and then I walked in the next pitch, so that was kind of annoying. But. I don't know if y'all are watching this, but I just watched Vanderbilt walk off Stanford on a walk-off wild pitch to stay alive in Omaha. That was nuts. Um, anyways, back to the topic at hand. Uh, who else we got in the room? Yeah, Remy. We got Remy in here. Remy, the two-way. Remy, you're up. Talk, Talk to, to us. Yeah. What am I talking about? Brian wants to know the best arm you faced this year and the best bat you pitched against. Um, probably Steensma from Byron Center. Okay. He had a nice fastball, probably mid to upper 80s. Uh, biggest bat? I'd probably just say him, too, because he kind of hit nukes. He was one that, like, absolutely pieced a fastball on me, but it was foul. It was a bomb, but foul. And then I threw a change up to him and he struck out on it. But. Is, there, is there ever a time, like I was never a pitcher, so I'm asking the pitchers of the room. Is there ever a time where like the dude like dicks on a ball that goes foul and you go, oh shit? No. All the time. Okay. Gonna, <laughs> all the time. Nah, dude. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> There's two schools of thought here. There's the guy who's like, okay, well, I just need to change speeds because he's clearly on that. And then there's the dude who's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Remy's pretty much like the most mental psychopath on the mound human being I've ever met in my life. I don't think he has any thoughts besides like dominate and like win. So I love it personally. Now Hudson, on the other hand, he's a nervous wreck. <laughs> yeah, Hudson. Hudson's a bad quote. I can't pitch in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also he also like lived that too. So yeah, no, I'm. I'm I can't I'm, pitch if it's too cold. I can't pitch if it's too hot. Just, just the rain. Just the rain. Yeah. Hudson's a bat, and that's okay. Yeah, I do notice things with hitters though more than you would think. Real talk. Yeah. Like, if I throw a slider and then watch it in, I'm not throwing him another one because he's out on that. So I'll throw right. a basketball up. Oh, wow, all right. Honestly, yes. my, pitching, my pitching plan is I try to throw every single pitch right down the middle. And honestly, they don't hit it. So. <laughs> okay, I, fair enough. Yeah, if you got enough movement on it, right? Yeah, yeah no big deal. Tyler just throws like 97, so it kind of plays out that way. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. On the other hand. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 Alright, bud. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, this we're gonna wrap this uh, No, you guys are gonna get the explicit tag on, the, on this episode. From that rant earlier, Brian, you yeah. kind of. Yes. Brian, Brian was yes. loose, and then when Brian was loose, it was like the eighth minute of the show, and you were just. I was just like, I was so. I get so mad at like adults determining that they need to say how the game should be played when they don't play it. Like, I just see that bothers me. Like, you don't get to say how the game's played because you've coached forever or you've been around it forever. Like, the game evolves with the players who play it. And if you can't deal with that, then leave. Uh, it's kind of where I'm at. But anyways, um, we're going to we're gonna put a bow on this mid-season finale of Cold Weather Bats. Um, shout out, as always, to super producer James, who says hello to everybody. Uh, James is a rock star, and we could not do this without him. Um Let's see. Shouts out to the prep, which covered, uh, you know, they, they did basketball and baseball, high school broadcasts throughout the course of the year. Chad Bush and his crew do an incredible job. Uh, they did a bunch of St. Mary's games. And as I've said on the show before, the broadcast quality is unbelievable uh, when you're thinking that this is a high school baseball game that you're watching. Uh, definitely check out the prep. They You can follow them at the prep three. Uh, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Cold Weather Bats. Uh, follow, I don't know, uh, Brandon. If you want, it's like coach with an underscore justice. Coach underscore be justice. But coach underscore be justice. Something you don't got to look that uh, up. I'll find a way to your timeline. Yeah. So we are going to stay active on social media. We're going to stay involved in what's going on. Uh, continue to tag us in your summer ball highlights. We love seeing that stuff. Uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. We're just going to disappear from the airwaves for about a month or so. Uh, right now, it is June 23rd. I would imagine that we'll probably have episode 28 up by August 1st or something along those lines. Uh, we're just going to give ourselves a breather while we both are never home uh, for the next month or so. Uh, Brandon, anything to close the show with? Uh, I think it was pretty cool that we pulled the curtain back a little bit today and uh, got the players involved yeah. here with the Arsenal team. Um, you know, really important week for us, really exciting week for us. It's always fun. I have a lot of fun with this team, so I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, it's not like we're taking a break for any other reason other than, like, will be the most inconsistent podcast duo of all time if we continue to host yep. this show over the next month because you're going to be on the road all but two days over the next month and I'm going to be on the road um, for a very good amount of those days. And not to mention, given the amount of work that we both put in, you, you probably tenfold in comparison to me, but the work we put in there in the spring times this, there's going to be days where we just want to freaking breathe, man. Like I don't mm -hmm. know how else to say that. So, um yeah, so we'll definitely see you guys in a month. We love the show. We love everybody who listens to it. Uh, yep. And uh, we'll see it. We'll see you in a few. But until then, like Brian said, pay attention to those who support us and follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. We will see you in just a few. What's up, Cold Weather Bats people? This is Brandon Justice coming to you to talk about our newest sponsor, Bomb Banana. Uh, Bomb Banana is a banana-based hot sauce, and it's got the most fun name to ever say over and over again. Bomb Banana, Bomb Banana, Bomb Banana, just like that. It was founded by four University of Michigan graduates during the pandemic, and it is produced locally in Michigan with restaurant-quality flavor. Uh, comes in two flavors, original and moi moi, and essentially moi moi is the spicier version. Uh, and that is my 
preferred one. And how do I know that? Well, Bomb Banana cares so much about the integrity of their product and those who are uh, being sponsored by it that they sent us two free bottles before just to taste test and be sure that we enjoy the product before discussing it. Uh, and I can sure vouch for this product. And that's coming from someone who traditionally does not enjoy bananas. Uh, you can elevate any ballpark dish with Bomb Banana sandwiches, nachos, or any dip. You want to get crazy? Put it on a hot dog. I guarantee it'll still taste good. Seek the spice.com is their website. Use the discount code CWB for 10% off. Again, that is bomb banana hot sauce. Seek the spice.com. Use the code CWB for 10% off of the hot sauce that everybody is talking about.